0: Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing
1: terrific, Todd. It's great to be back. We're doing this on Riverside, so it's awesome.
0: Yes, we are. I'm uh, out here in Honolulu. Uh, Currently, I had a dermatologist uh, appointment yesterday to have a spot removed on my back which according to the dermatologist was quite concerning so um, uh i'm anxiously awaiting to see if i got melanoma or not so <laughs> wow okay yeah. yeah so that's uh not a fun thing to be waiting for but uh no i my father had lots of these little spots or whatever they were and uh i'm just Hoping that this is a, mm-hmm. a scare. <laughs> if not, I'll be uh, probably. I'm leaving to come back to uh, Detroit on um, Thursday afternoon. But if it turns out to be positive, then I'll be probably turning right around and come back here and doing surgery. So it's pretty scary what they mm-hmm. do. They take the segment of skin right down to the muscle <laughs> if it's cancerous. Right. So yeah, they want to get it all out. It's at right. a, Early enough stage where I'm not dead in five years, but uh, we'll we'll see.
1: <laughs> er, there's nothing like uh, like being an early bird when it comes to cancer. That's for sure. Well,
0: yeah, and this spot's been on my back forever. So I said if it was going to kill me, it would have killed me a long time ago. But yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. Right. Ho- hoping for for good news. But anyway, that's enough about me whining. How how are you? I'm doing fine, Todd.
1: I'm, I'm getting, getting better myself I'm, every day, getting stronger, trying to stay focused. There's just, you know, so many different things going on in the medium right now that to, to get pulled into these days. It's like, it's really hard to stay focused.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, so know Sean I,
0: says after, go ahead. Oh, it's. Well, go go ahead. So you're going to say something about what a yeah what Sean a said in the chat room. After all, we need to know what Mike Todd is using. It looks like a karaoke mic. Well, it's a it's an ATR 2100. Yeah, it's just an ATR. Yeah, And just and the stupid light is shining queer. so I'm putting my hand over it so the light doesn't shine <laughs> while we're doing video. So you have a blue
1: thumb. That's what yeah, that creates.
0: Yeah, exactly <laughs> is. But um, yeah, you know, I think we saw the announcement. Well, Facebook sent me a bunch of stuff today and I've had very little time to look at the entire package of stuff, but you know, I think they've officially announced that, uh, you know, pages are available and um see if I can pull some of this up without killing our stream here. Um, but yeah, uh, and
1: it's lo- looking like that uh, those folks may be joining us on the show next week.
0: So, Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, they have information. Two people from Facebook. All right. That would be awesome. Um, See if I can get this to open. So they've actually got a um, a Facebook creators page. I don't know. Can I share this on Riverside.fm? Let me look and see if I can actually share this page. And I I think think it does have a screen ability. It does. It does. It does. But I've got so many screens open that. Uh, all right, let me let me try to see if I can do this without destroying everything. All right, so here's the whoops. Here's the page on Facebook. It says Facebook for creators engage podcasts, grow yourself through a social experience that drives discovery and fandom, and it talks about the requirements. And, um, so yeah, exciting, exciting stuff by them. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And I think that there's some early indications that, uh, what these guys, what these folks are doing, um, could, could make a, you know, a big impact, um, in the short run.
0: So, and, uh, so we are past the embargo time. So I did make sure that, uh we were We were good there, <laughs> so mm-hmm. there should be a lot of news coming out uh from a variety of news sources uh uh over the next i, I would think um twenty four hours in stores, depending on how many people they mm-hmm. sent this information to but um so I think that they are you know they, they're pretty serious about where they're going with this
1: hmm and it's lo- so looking be, like uh on the show next week we'll we'll have the the product manager and the marketing manager for for from facebook
0: um, oh so we're gonna have on, two on the show how are we gonna yes we're gonna have the same we,
1: same way that we did it with uh Google when we had google on remember we had uh, zach um i it was yeah so are to gonna- the 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 product managers, I'm I'm telling them to, to do a, a Skype conference. Oh, so.
0: okay. All right. Well, that'll be. Uh, um, all right. So there'll be two on one screen then, essentially.
1: Correct. Yeah. But they should be able to talk, you know, back and forth, and talk talk with each other. All through all four of us. So right. Yeah. But. So that should work, but. I thought it was interesting um uh, James Cridlin was busy this past uh past couple of days he put out this new article about who invented the word podcast and oh. kind of told the timeline and and both you and I were consulted in this article and just to make sure that it was as factually accurate as possible and you know I contributed um some stuff from my side um, because I go back to that time frame and was kind of involved a little bit in the beginning of the formation of podcasting. And, and I know you were too. I think we both announced, I thought it was interesting and I didn't realize this because I don't think we compared notes, but we both, uh, announced podcasting and you launched your podcast on the same day, October 9th, 2004.
0: Really? So, so you did it in the same day?
1: Well, I wrote a blog post article on my new website on October ninth, but I actually started um supporting the enclosure tag in my blog feed on September fifteenth, sixteenth. Right, right, right. Um, which was a couple of weeks yeah, you know, a few weeks prior to that. Um, but didn't really talk about it on the show or do an episode about it until the October ninth um show. So But I have a link to that episode. You can go listen to it right now if you want.
0: You know, I've, I think, well, I can't play it on the show here because of the way we're set up today, but um, I think the, I I, I think back to that time and, of course, I was in a hotel room in Waco, Texas doing, Mm -hmm. uh, doing doing the first few episodes and mobile type at that time ah oh, someone it wasn't too long before i i don't remember if i hand coded the rss feed the first episode yeah, that's what i had or, to do i had to actually
1: actually type type it into my my blog
0: text yeah and I, and I i oh gosh so i don't know how long it was before mobile type had some sort of a Adaption, like a plugin, you know, right? It really, well, they didn't really have plugins at that time. Mobile mm-hmm. type, and I don't know, is Mobile type still even around? Um, I don't they, know, they they um, some, it, it was something like a plug-in. but at some point there was some adaption. But I'm almost certain, yeah, almost certain I had to hand code the RSS feed in those, those early days. But what was amazing to me was how quickly things really exploded because do we actually know when iPodder actually was released? When that, when that does he talk about, I think he talked about that in that app, but when it was the iPodder tool first released, do you remember?
1: Uh, I believe if you look at the article, it says here, um, the yeah, part you know what? I'm not sure that it really says that precisely in here. The more so I look at it, I'm going to do more a Google I for see,
0: iPod release date.
1: Yeah. Um, but James gives, gives a lot of credit to the early popularization of the word podcast to Danny Gregoire and, and Adam Curry does as well. So, um, you know, cause Adam and Dave really didn't name podcasting. No, um, no. That but was I actually think He did
0: a good done- job of balancing that by having the person who used the word first and then who really unknowingly basically said let's call it this and so while it was mentioned it wasn't adopted and then upon the yeah yeah the back in september the article so that been, appeared
1: uh, in the guardian right the article that appeared in the guardian written by ben hammersley who had been on my show like six months prior to the him writing that article um he he basically just referenced like three terms to potentially describe, right. um, on basically on demand repurposed audio. Right. And, and it basically, that article went out and for five months, nothing happened, yeah, nothing. um, to, to connect it with any kind of a, a, software client or technology or anything like that. In the meantime, um, mm-hmm. People were still doing stuff. I mean, I was still doing my show, making it a download. And, and then my, like three or four months later, I added enclosure tags to my blog feed and, you know, I was podcasting. And really, to be totally honest about it, it to me back then, it really wasn't a big deal. Um, right, right. I was getting most of my audience from streaming and from direct downloading off my website and radio and satellite radio. Um, so it was just you know something new. It was something kind of interesting and cool, and mm-hmm. I could see it having having legs potentially long term. But at the time, it wasn't really a big revolution or anything like that.
0: Right. I don't think. And I think yeah. though, if you read his timeline, which I think this is probably one of the most accurate ones that have been written, yeah, to give him credit because he went out and yeah. pulled all the sources. Mm-hmm. I think that. There's really, if you think about it, um, again, the person that kind of coined it initially, the one that said, again, in a mailing list, let's call it this. And then the popularization between Adam and Dave was really- Kind of took off from there, right. Right. Was the thing that kind of took it off. Now, the question I really have is, would if we think about what Dave and um, Adam and Dave did? Do you think that podcasting, as we know it today, would have gotten as much groundswell had it not been for Adam and Dave? Do you think? Do you think that this thing would have kind of found its way on its own? I, I'm not so sure that it is because they built. Well, a I mean, I think if you think they had developers, yeah, and-
1: Todd, right? I think as you think back to that time, and I, I, I do, and it's pretty clear in my mind. Mostly, early podcasters didn't like the name.
0: Well, that's Podcast. true. Well, that's why Blueberry yeah, is called mean, Blueberry. It's not, that's why it's not called right. podcast.com.
1: <laughs> right. And there's also a lot of corollary stuff to that that created a little bit of bad blood
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in, in the medium because Apple was pretty aggressive in the market back then, to, uh, basically sending out takedown notices to any company that had pod in their name. That's right. Back in that time frame. So it does show in the article, it says here um, on September 16th, which is the same day that I put enclosure tag in my RSS feed for my radio show, um, Danny Gregoire uh, wrote a, on the iPodder dev mailing list. There you go. That, uh, and I don't know, there's a snippet in here and I don't know that Basically, he actually- so Let's
0: call it podcast and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah,
1: podcaster. Yeah, he talked about it in the podcaster type of reference, and then the iPodder, obviously is it is coined from the iPod, right? Right. So right. back in those days, the the iPod or software primarily connected to, at least how people thought about it, connected you know with your computer to an iPod through a wire.
0: It did now, also connect. Well, it connected to anything to, that would have took a USB right. connection. So it like be a, and,
1: like a Windows Media Player too, right? Or an
0: iRiver or some of those early things right. that we were using, right? So I think that well, the uh, the the
1: iRiver though, I don't believe had its had a had a um, piece of software that was written for it though, was it? Or no, did it well, just create you, a yeah, a still, folder a folder on your computer?
0: You could still sync to the iRiver. It just right. dumped the files in a folder. And the only way, yeah, you but I thought it had to the, go
1: go through like a like an iTunes software or a Windows media player software in order to get it in there.
0: I don't remember, but I know that mm-hmm. the iPod at some point supported any type of USB device. So uh, yeah. because the iPod originally, you had to go through i no, was it yeah? You had to use iTunes with iPoder to to get the media on. Because there was right. no other – you couldn't dump it directly via the iPod or to the device. It had to go through Correct. iTunes, then synced. Yeah. Correct.
1: And I believe that the, the connections, even in the MP3 players, um, worked with um, – I believe they they worked with Windows Media Player, too.
0: Right? Maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it yeah. was clunky. You know, it wasn't automated. You just, you know, you had to have your device plugged in in order to make mm-hmm. sure it was synced in the morning. It, I think it oh. iPod it automatically ran. There was a script that would run at certain t- two o'clock in the morning or whatever, it would pull down the newest podcasts that were in its directory. And then it would initiate a Apple script call to iTunes. You'll synchronize it. Right. Synchronize it. And that was. Uh, how we got the media onto the media devices. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes you'd have to manually sync it. Um, but well, keep
1: in mind a lot. Of, there were still people back in that time frame that were connecting to this stuff on dial-up connections, right?
0: So was, you know, there was no way I could at that time afford an iPod. You know, I was that was a big, 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 big. You know, right. that was a big item. That would yeah, that would have been like buying a. A, a television or something it was very expensive and i didn't have in the budget so you know i had the the cheap the poor man's device it would hold like eight episodes i think it was 256 <sighs> megs in the right. in the ipod and uh oh. or not an iPodder but the iRiver.
1: yeah but, so they have pretty pretty limited storage so it's not like you could download a you know a huge amount of shows i i, I think most people you know maybe maybe they had maybe three, two to three subscriptions in there. And, but as a podcaster, you had to be conscious of your file size. Oh, um, absolutely. More, more than, and that was a difficult balance back then too. Cause, um, quality, you know, um, was something that we were all trying to strive for too, but you were balancing it with file size. And, you know, like a lot of the streams that I did back then were like 16 K, Um, streams um, up to, and at some point it got up to 32 K. Right. And then that, and, and a lot of my, my, my downloads through, through this were encoded at the same bit rate. So 32 K mono was about the most that I would ever do in an audio file back in that era.
0: Yeah. And I think too, the challenge with, um, for me you know, really, was the show exploded, mm-hmm. and the even though the file sizes were tiny, I was burning 500 gigs. It was not in the first week, but within within a month. Well, that was weird. Within a month, um, I was burning 500 meg or 500 gigs of data within three days, uh, putting a show online. So even to this day, I have a half dozen domains because I was buying, I had like three DreamHost accounts. I had a blue host, a couple of blue host accounts. I had, mm-hmm. you know, cause I had, to, and really what I had to do is every, I was watching every day. And about the time the bandwidth was ready to be burned on that box that I was on, I would change the RSS feed. And I had a little script that I ran that basically changed the, actually the media URL to every host because so i had media uploaded like i have to upload the media to seven or eight different hosting locations so it wasn't just uploading Mm to one place There was like seven or eight places i was uploading media to and then you know praying and i would wake up some mornings where the bandwidth would be burned out and i would you know they just suspended the account until the end of the month and i would and only thing was on there was media i had like a I, I, to get away from being having those accounts taken down, I made I made a um, an HTML document that went on every page. It basically kind of had a playlist, so that mm. they would not think that I was just hosting the media. They would say, "Oh, there's a playlist here." But you know, people coming to if they had to look at the logs, they'd have known it wasn't a browser coming to that playlist. It was some sort of automated scripter, but um yeah Mm -hmm. so changing those urls and that just sucked you know that was the you know you just wasn't shows had to be continually and i I did that for months months and months and months of rotating servers and the bigger the show got i had you know that was where my big expense came in in those early days because those those were not cheap those were like three four hundred dollars a year yeah so
1: did you go out and get uh like a co-hosting deal with a big hosting platform or did you create your own servers?
0: Well, I was on because I was poor and didn't know anything. I was using shared hosting accounts. So I would buy a shared hosting account with let's say DreamHost, put some domain on it that, that I would like GNC podcast, one.com GNC podcast, two.com and each of those had their own domains. And Mm -hmm. then the main site, I would just update the feed and uh, repoint at different media. I'd have to update the media URL. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. I mean, it was really in those early days, just to keep the show online, and for me, it got you know really expensive. I, mean, I think it had two or three thousand dollars and annual, yeah, hosting bills for that first year.. Yeah and then of course
1: yeah it was very expensive to do much with the with the internet back in those days yeah. and that's that's one of the reasons why i i had to build my own server infrastructure i had four servers in two different co-locations facilities that i built and installed got set up with routers and all that stuff and got got the bandwidth licensed to multiple T1s go, going to these servers and And I was actually hosting other people back in those days um, streaming and, and all that stuff. So that's what I had to do to keep costs down, believe it or not, because doing like what you were doing was just like, I mean, it was like $2,000 a month just to get, you know, what I needed to just deliver my, my, just my radio show. Yeah. So in order for me to get it cost effective, I had to build my own servers. I had to manage it, um, all that stuff. And
0: I wasn't and, that geeky, and, so yeah. I didn't, you know, I finally went to a dedicated server about a year in, mm-hmm. and that ended up, you know, being uh, its own challenges, because I had to hire someone yeah. to set it up and manage it, because I didn't know Linux, I didn't have a clue, and uh, so those early days were... Were challenging, yeah. so it was no wonder that in the early days you really had to be a total geek to do podcasts because the average person just oh, yeah. there was yeah. the barrier to entry was nearly impossible.
1: Well, and it was so expensive to get into it because everything was new. Mm-hmm. The, they were charging a lot for very limited um, connectivity. Um, that there was just so many barriers to being able to scale. Uh, yeah. back in those days. Um, and that's what drove me to doing doing what I did. Um, and my new website that I had built just, you know, in the middle of podcasting starting, uh, was actually built under a, a deal that I'd done with a Ukraine company, uh, website building company. This company, what was interesting about this company is this company was a global website development company, which um, worked 24, 24 hours, seven days a week. Cause wow. they had, they had developers scattered all over the world. And so they were always working on projects all, all around the world because they, they had different developers, but it was based out of the Ukraine and they built me a website. Uh, and this, it was a custom, like a custom WordPress blog is what mm-hmm. it was, had all these custom components to it. Um, oh yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. And it was something i launched right at that time. And um, and added enclosures, they had no idea what I was what I was asking for. I said, "I, I want the enclosure tag added to my RSS." And they were like, "What's that?" You know. Back now, one in those thing that's
0: interesting is the incl- yeah. there was a reference in James' article to RSS and right. really, enclosure tag wasn't formalized until RSS 2.0. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it was still a, still an e- experimentation tag. Um that yeah. Dave Weiner was still still pushing for. Yeah.
0: But it's so, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just you know, I mean, thank God those days are behind us. But I it was, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit here. Um about it yeah, in, the, in the past about this, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's uh, you know, here I you know, I'm three days away from seventeen years and you you know, you're over seventeen years now. So yep. it's um it's it's amazing, you know that uh, the space is where it at, where it is at today. And you have yeah. a, you know, you have, you know, look at this. You got one of the biggest social media companies in the world, or the biggest. It's just added podcasting support fully on pages, and um, mm-hmm. we'll see how that traction grows over time. But you know, not our. Of course, Facebook didn't even exist. Twitter didn't exist. None of those platforms right. existed. None of these uh, platforms
1: existed back then.
0: Right. So you know, you had to do your own, you know. I so it, it goes really back to the things I always kind of laugh about are when people complain about having a hard time growing a show or building a show. Yeah, we may mm-hmm. have been early, but we had no platform. We had our platform was our own websites and we had to do what we could to drive people there and get attraction and the directories were really, really important for discovery in those early days. That's how people found you was podcast alley and podcast pickle and all of those sites that popped up that were actually the early syndicators, even before Apple joined the party in July of 2005.
1: five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Those were the the early days, and then there was Odeo too, that wasn't really mentioned in the yeah doesn't get mentioned much in the timeline of podcasting too. That then, um, converted over to becoming Twitter. So there's a, um, you know the the Odeo software. The founders of Twitter actually s- tried to sell the Odeo software. Um, actually, a company I was working for back in 2005 in the podcasting space. Um, wanted to buy that software
0: from. So did I, but it was, from, they, they had. From Twitter, money. I think it
1: was like a million dollars. Yeah, I think it was and like a was, million. Yeah. Well, well, Ev wanted to reimburse his investors in Odeo because, I mean, basically when Apple podcasts or Apple iTunes launched back then, it basically killed Odeo. So he basically got out of it and tried to get his money back to the investors. So they would feel good about him and invest in his new project, Twitter. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I, I don't know that I can remember who wound up buying that code, but I think it was,
0: I don't think anybody did some
1: company out of Chicago anywhere.
0: Cause it wasn't, I think a company out of it, Chicago
1: though. actually bought it.
0: Oh, did it? Did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. You'll have to, again, you'll have to go Google and, uh, yeah, I
1: just don't remember. I know that the company that I was working for at the time that threw in a bid on it um, didn't didn't win the bid. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just wish I would have bought more domain names in those early days. I was uh, slow. I should have bought there. There, could, I bought a lot, but I bought the, a lot of the wrong ones.
1: Right. Right. So, so James is going to do some more articles on this on these themes of looking back and trying to document, um, what happened because there's been a lot of discussion over the 17 years about origin stories. And yep. I, th- I think that there's been some, some people trying to change the story, s- some, some Pinocchio noses going on, right on this topic. Um, so it's, it's good to have somebody that's kind of got a unbiased view. Tell, tell the story, mm-hmm. um, Because there's been issues with Wikipedia in this area. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. And there's been all all sorts of conflicts over the years around this stuff. Um, And there's other areas that we haven't even gotten into yet. Uh, This is just the beginning. (laughs) So, but So, I'm
0: sure there'll be some naysayers out there that says this isn't how it happened, but... um,
1: I think this is as accurate as I can...
0: Yeah, for See, me, this is acronym. Just based on remember. my own,
1: yeah. own experience being back in that time.
0: Here's but, the thing: that's yeah. lucky is we have audio clips and stuff that we can go back and reference. That's like the, he linked up yeah. an article. You know, the challenge that I, you know, the the analogy I give is post 9 11. I was involved in a combat operation that um, resulted ultimately 20 plus years later in two people getting the Medal of Honor and so when they're doing this medal of honor vetting they basically come and interview you 20 years post haste and say you know what do you remember of that night and you have to describe everything that you remember from 20 years ago mm-hmm. and then they flip the laptop around and say okay here's here's you know here's your the video <laughs> you know and let's now let's realign what you remember to what we have for ground truth and then at, so they're basically what they're trying to what they what they did was they tried to validate it, so even at, you know, over twenty years as an example, um, John Roberts, the seal that died that night, I remember him being on the right hand side of the outcropping where he was actually on the left, so it was just one of those things where after twenty years your, your brain don't remember, and so this is yeah. why it's important that this stuff is all documented because, you know, we should have done it. You know, I did it in my book, but we should do a better job. Of ev- all this history is really going to be important, maybe to somebody. Maybe it's only important to us. But let's say podcasting evolves over the next thirty years, then we have a written proof. It's on the internet. It won't die. And so I'm sure someone will come in and dispute our stuff as well. But. Um, I don't know though,
1: Todd, I I think that the, you know, I think there's not as many people that are involved in the podcasting medium today that are, that are, that were from back then, right? I think we've, we've seen a lot of new people come into the medium and there's not as many reference points (laughs) out there anymore. And, And those dwindle over decades, right? People leave the industry, people pass away, people forget. You know, all these things and the evidence disappears. You know, I mean, fortunately, I was able to, you know, resurrect some of my old episodes that talked about this stuff. And my conversations back in those days with Adam Curry, I did like an hour and a half conversation with him about the podcasting medium back then. So that's still available online. Uh, I, I know you did stuff with him as well, but to try and document this stuff from the guys that really started it, you know, is is important, I think. Because eventually if this medium keeps growing the way it's growing, it's it, it's gonna have its own kind of, you know, you know, um museum or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if there's that for television or for you know, I think it's in the Smithsonian, but at some point it'll you know podcasting is a new medium and it will find a place in history. Right. Oops, I lost you, Todd. I can't hear you anymore. Did you actually turn off, actually accidentally turn off your mic? No. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I could, I could hear you fine before, but I can't hear you now. So something changed.
0: How about now, am I back?
1: Okay, yep, you're back now.
0: It refreshed the page, so something Uh, they must have noticed there was an issue. Um, I was going to say what Sean said was that Apple's initial protectiveness over Pod got Leo Laporte into using the word netcast. And he goes on to say, Odeo had the best embeddable media player worked on MySpace and something called Sonic Mountain bought Odeo in 2007. Don't think it ever went anywhere.
1: Yeah. Sonic Mountain. Yeah. Okay. That makes
0: so sense. There was a lot of companies that have come and gone in the space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some abruptly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's interesting how the, the ideas kind of, and we talk about this a lot on, and it makes us look like curmudgeons, but a, a lot of ideas come, and go, mm-hmm. and, come yeah. and go and then come and go and then come and go over and over again. And you wonder if they're if this time that idea is going to catch on, <laughs> you know? So, which can, you know, to new people that can sound a little weird because it's like, well, you should be open to new ideas. So I go, well, unfortunately it's not new. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so I'm breaking all the rules today, Rob. I'm on Wi-Fi. I've got three or four windows open with the streams going. This okay. poor little MacBook is uh, working hard bandwidth-wise. Right. And, That's all right. Uh, I may have to actually stop the YouTube uh, playback. Okay. Not, I mean, the A lot of oops, 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 what's going on here? don't want to do that.
1: Well the good thing is that with our Riverside it's locally recorded so the Yeah yeah so the, the mass
0: recording will be okay. The
1: audio should be good no matter what we experience here. Yeah. So right. So that's good. But um so I can I can give a little quick update on what's going on with the Podcast Academy. They, you know, we had our board meeting today and and um and the AMBs are pushing forward um going forward for next year and in in partnership with um, podcast movement at the evolutions conference it's going to the ambies are going to happen a day before the beginning of um, podcast movement in Los Angeles so it's coming together quite rapidly so
0: yeah we had our ser- podcast awards ceremony last wednesday international yep. podcast day so yep. it went off well seems like everything was well received except for me destroying a few names in the titles, but you know, that's par for the course. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I think overall pretty successful. I know you guys uh, are taking applications at the ambies Mm -hmm. for people to apply for an ambie.
1: Yeah. And we're, we're, and we're trying to find a good, um, awards host too. One that's a podcaster, one that people are familiar with, and one that's uh, people like and that's funny, and there's just a lot of criteria to try and find somebody that's um, a good fit to host one of these things.
0: Oh, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to see that criteria list. I bet you that's a, a ball of glass.
1: Well, it is. It's a tough thing to do because what's you know you're trying to balance a bunch of priorities. Um, and it's hard to find somebody that fits all, checks all the boxes, but you do want to think about that kind of stuff. Um, at least for the, the type of show that we're looking to put on. So, um, it's, it's going to be live on a stage with an audience of probably a couple hundred people, hopefully. Um, so, so it'll be interesting. Well, I would hope
0: it would be more than that with uh, the being held 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 in conjunction with the evolutions. You should have 2,000 people in the room.
1: Well, it's the day before the conference,
0: so but people so, get in the day before.
1: Yeah. But I think also you have to be modest too. You can't go rent like um, the forum or something like that, not knowing, you know how many people are well, actually going to show they've up. They've got so. a
0: big stage area for their main speakers. You're not, you're going to, you're not. Oh doing no, it it's an
1: outside, it's an outside venue. It's not going to be as part of the same, same, same facility because it, it needs to be a, like a TV production um, thing. And it's not uh podcast movement doesn't have that ability. So,
0: well, when they did the hall of fame, it was pretty. esque. Yeah.
1: Well, mm not exactly what we're looking for. Um, so, so, but, but the podcast movement folks are going to be running it. So they're actually, so what's the
0: word on the hall of fame? Any word on the hall of fame?
1: Hmm. I've, well, I've, I've reached out to Dan repeatedly on this topic and, and he's assured me over the last year that, uh, it's, it's a priority for evolutions. So, um,
0: Hey I Dan, if you need someone to take it over. Let me know,
1: right? And uh, and you know, though I haven't heard any specific movement on that um, that initiative. So you know, I think I think it's safe to say you know we should we should keep keep Dan in our minds on this topic if we want to keep it alive, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I've been, you know, it's kind of weird because I've been approached by at least two different, eh, now three different parties that are interested in doing something with the podcast awards, but I often feel like they're putting their hand in my pocket, you know, and, uh, want something for nothing. And, right. um, at this point that's not going to happen and it's also got to be the right fit. So, but there's, you know, there's great, some great awards groups out there that have big teams You know, um, they could take it to a whole different level, but, you know, am I willing to just, you know, give it up and let it go? I don't know at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As far as the podcast awards, right. The people's choice podcast awards. Um, yeah, I, I think the hall of fame probably belongs with an independent organization like a podcast movement. I can't think of anybody else.
0: It's hard, you know, and it, the thing is is uh they have a system that would work if it was turned over to someone and so long as someone implemented the same system, I think it would it would mm-hmm. work.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to see it with the podcast academy, but um I don't think that they have an appetite for it at this point.
0: Well, you guys, you know, you're early early days yet for that. So Maybe Mm -hmm. there has to be some, you know, maybe, maybe Dan and team feels like you guys got to prove yourselves or something. I don't
1: know. Well, no, I think they wanted to keep it quite honest with you. I mean, that was the impression that I got from, from, from them was that they started it. It was kind of their, their initiative. Um, they said that the reason they didn't hold it in the past was because they didn't have any sponsors, but, um, we've, I've told them that I think that we have multiple people that are willing to sponsor it. We just need to you know have a plan.
0: <laughs> so. so Rob, I may have let's see if this works. The I'm on the internal speaker right now on the MacBook. That's what's going on. That's why my audio has changed. Mm-hmm. So let me try something here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Todd's trying to change his audio a little bit here, so I'm not hearing him right now.
0: So, yeah, it's, I'm yeah. now on the default internal. This sucks. So I'm yeah. on the internal. Something happened in the uh, ATR, disappeared from the system. So mm. that's why you couldn't hear me. So now I'm on. You don't need a microphone anymore. I just. Oh, you're I'm just
1: talking talking directly into the computer now, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Playing yeah. with this here, see if it'll let me go. No, it's not, let me go back. Yeah. go to Riverside. This is the first time it's ever failed me. So who knows? Yeah. So I thought I it was, the audio quality, everyone.
1: Yeah. I thought it was interesting that James Cridland chose to show a, um, a zoom on the cover of, um, <laughs> I mean, he didn't really identify it. Um, of what, what it was that he was showing um, on the newsletter from the fifth um, as part of the, why do we call it a podcast and why he shown a uh, Zune 60 um, on there. That's that Brown Zune. Yeah. So, cause that didn't exist until mid 2006. So it, it was a little bit out of context. So I think it, it should have been probably uh a big, fat, thick, uh, iPod. So it's probably, probably what that image should have been.
0: Those that didn't have one of those early day iPods, um, you'll be surprised there was actually a hard drive inside it. There it was, was, actually, no yeah, it was physically.
1: Network. Yeah. Like an old school spinning hard drive.
0: Yeah. the spinning hard drive that you carried around in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Well, you can see what Apple was doing. Apple was re- repurposing a hard drive that they used in their Macs and added, and just added it to a portable. Well, it, was, it, was a, it
0: was a laptop uh, hard drive, and then right. it was a battery layer. And then it was pretty ingenious at the time if you think about what they did there. But, and it was heavy.
1: Yeah, it was. Well, because those spinning disks were, were metal. Back in those days, so yeah, there
0: was no solid state memory. The solid state memory was like limited to like megabytes, not gigabytes.
1: Plus, Todd, didn't you have to be a little bit careful in handling that thing because it, you know, hard drives back in those days had like uh, arms inside them. Yeah, they had put some
0: safety into it, but yeah, you had to be careful with it
1: It, because if you were to drop that thing, you probably would knock it. It it was almost like a phonograph, right? you know, where it has an arm that go- goes across a disc, right? right. Kind of like a needle on a, um, on an LP. Right. So you, didn't, you, you don't yeah. want
0: it. You didn't want to have dropped it for sure. Right.
1: right. Yeah. It's funny to think about, about it back in those days, you know, even those hard drives were like, I don't know, what what was the capacity? Maybe five megabytes or something like that. I think back in the early days of those iPods, um, yeah, so they didn't really hold much. Oh, I lost you again, Todd.
0: It was in the gigabytes, so oh, it was in the gigabytes. Was yeah. it like a couple of gigabytes? I can't remember. Uh, it's like 120 or something like that. It wasn't a lot, but oh, no, no I'm talking about gigabyte.
1: the first one that was available to be used with um podcasts. Um, so that first was back iPod. in two thousand five, right?
0: Storage limit. The first iPod was had five gigs of music, five so gigs. it was five gigs. That
1: was, that was quite a bit, actually.
0: Yep, three ninety nine.
1: Given that the the MP three players that were generally sold in that time frame, yep. I think had you know just two fifty six megs. Yeah, yeah. An, under a gig but they're also a lot smaller too yeah i believe that they those were the early solid state ones
0: yeah right so So the um the first generation of two oh they had a one gig model and a one gig model based on apple's estimation of four minutes per song at 128 kilobits but yeah um but then they increase relatively quickly from you know they went up in size very, very quickly the second and third generation of iPods I wish i I had several. I wish I had more you know those are kind of collector items now
1: mm-hmm so Todd, did you see the the post in pod news today um, about the Gen Z survey done yeah, by? I did done by transistor talking about 13 to 23, 13 to 23 year olds, um, are first, Spotify, are wanting to promote Spotify, not Apple podcasts. Yep. So
0: I had a, I gotta be careful what I say here. I had a call with Apple Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. yesterday. Maybe it was, maybe it was Monday and, um, had a great discussion. Some of their new team members were or not somebody, you know, relatively new on the team. And, um, it was more of a, just kind of a catch up. And, um, I won't go into any of the details of the call, except I think that they're, they really want to make sure that, um, they're worried about podcasters having a good experience, um, on the platform. And, um, we talked about a few things that we'd seen that were you know and at least on our side some feedback we'd gotten back from podcasters but um i think they're trying to regroup now this is not what was talked to meeting but personally i think they're trying now to regroup on you know after they kind of got the premium stuff figured out and move forward and of course iOS 15 is out now so that that definitely uh um, you know, it was a big, lo- a big, you know, big update. So we'll see where, where the team goes. I think they got a lot of stuff on their roadmap.
1: So did That's you see gonna- this, this article that came out? Um, YouTube looks to hire its first executive focused on podcasts. <laughs> well,
0: that's an Why, interesting, I, guess we, I guess we shouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um, what are they looking to do? Buy some exclusive content over there or what?
1: I don't know. I think it's an interesting question purely from the standpoint that it's being linked up with YouTube and not Google. Right. Right. Um, I, th- I think that there may be a little bit of a need for um, some leadership on the Google side. I don't know if this is really, you take the word YouTube and you just substitute it as Google. I'm not, um, I'm not really sure if that's what's maybe being misinterpreted here. But, um, but I do think that there has been an increased interest in podcasting on YouTube. That's been building for many years though. I mean, I've had these conversations about, YouTube being an important player in podcasting, going all the way back to 2013, you know.
0: Yeah, I think everyone has mixed mixed results. I think it is what you put into it, just like anything else.
1: Well, it is different. It's a it's a different model, um, but it's also you know people are searching for content over there, so I guess it does make sense. And there are a lot of uh, podcasters that are publishing videos over there. Um, either they're primarily, I think it's about focus, right? It's, uh, some, some podcasters are primarily video and they just happen to put out their audio as a podcast. And then there's others that are primarily audio and they happen to put out their video. So I I think it depends on which side of the spectrum that you're looking at YouTube. And, and I think, um, But I do know that there's been some changeover in leadership on the Google side, on the Google podcast side. So I do kind of wonder if they hire somebody on YouTube that maybe that's kind of putting a cart before the horse a little bit.
0: Well, as Sean says in the chat, they said they rolled Google play music into YouTube, maybe they rolled Google podcasts into it as well.
1: So I guess that's the place where all the content goes. So does that mean that we see, Google podcast, turn it into YouTube podcasts and it's not in Google anymore. Well, they
0: didn't, I think they have YouTube music, but I'm not, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to look. I don't know. I don't use YouTube music products. So,
1: right. So I think, I think it's probably worth it to check in with those folks, but maybe they're in a, and have them back on the show again, but maybe it's too early. <laughs> maybe they're, maybe they're still trying, trying to figure it out.
0: Or if they, they probably won't even tell us if they, if they did get on the show. So right. from that perspective, it.
1: Cause Zach is no longer there and he's been on the show before. Um,
0: well, it's worthy of a uh, reach out. I yeah. don't even think I have contact with a new person that's over there.
1: Yeah, I do. I, yeah. But yeah. So. It's interesting, and you know, I think Google has a huge opportunity. That feels like that they had a lot of momentum, but it feels like they've lost that momentum a little bit.
0: Well, you know, Spotify's taking a lot of the limelight away, and then they just haven't been proactive. I think mm-hmm. the you know we continue to see Google growth, more people. You know, the the you know they're number three, so why you know it's. It's disappointing it hasn't grown as fast as it has, but they have, you know, again, they haven't brought the 800-pound gorilla to bear yet either, and their hands are tied, and we've talked about this on the show many times. Mm -hmm. From an OEM standpoint, like their Pixel, they could probably very easily put a podcast app on the Pixel because they don't have to ask anybody permission for that. That's their phone. But but you're not going to get, you know, to get a Google podcast app on... on on the OEM version of the Android, you know, that's, you got to negotiate with every single OEM to put that next app on. And they're already taking a lot of heat in the EU for this very reason, for the bundle. Right. Matter of fact, they're crying about Apple and they're getting, well, they've been fined because of this. So for them to add another app at this point, is um could be political carnage in some countries for them.
1: Yeah. Hey Todd, have you seen much uptake in the Samsung um podcast app?
0: I haven't looked stats-wise. Yeah. Um
1: I haven't looked late, lately either. My guess is that I don't think we've seen a a big uptake.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know it's definitely whatever it's not it hasn't busted 1%, you know, that's kind of my criteria for taking a closer look at stuff, but
1: Yeah. And I think that we could see Facebook bump that 1% here soon.
0: Depends on the, you know, right now it's podcasts are largely available on mobile. So on Facebook, so it's not like you're, I think you can get to it. I was going to look here. Let's see here. Let's see if I can do this without disrupting the Apple cart. Without losing things here. Let's see. Go to the groups, actually pages. Let me go to, because I've got the new media show. The new media show page has the podcast added to it. But there's really, from a desktop view, yeah, see, so you, you really can't get to, it. it's all via the web app, I mean the mobile app. You really mm-hmm. don't see podcasts on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no way to. Right. Let see, Let me look at this. Yeah, it's not photos, videos, reviews. Yeah, I do not see. So maybe some of the stuff that I haven't reviewed I got from Facebook today, maybe there's some instructions in there how to find it with the. Uh, Cause yeah, the only thing that's on the podcast link right now is to add your podcast. It's not there's nothing there for it to be seen. I think a lot of people use Facebook on the desktop, so not everyone of course, but I think a lot of people do. Maybe maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well I think Facebook's pretty big on mobile.
0: Well, it's a big on mobile, but yeah. it'd also be nice to have the podcast available on the desktop. You know, be they put, to s-
1: Oh, go, go ahead, Don.
0: They put video on the desktop. Why wouldn't they put? Why wouldn't they put the audio?
1: Well, because podcasts are seen as a as a mobile consumption would be the
0: only reason.
1: And I believe that's what Facebook has been prioritizing is mobile experiences. Yeah. So far.
0: Eileen Um, says, I'm glad you talked about the Facebook page feature. I love how we create 30-second clips. The animation looks very cool. I haven't seen that feature yet, Mm -hmm. Eileen.
1: Yeah, so sampling is a big priority for those folks. So
0: did you do that, Eileen, did you do that via the mobile app or via your desktop?
1: I think it's only mobile.
0: Yeah, there is, uh, the RSS feeds are connected on the new media show page. They've been connected for a long time. So again, they make it hard to get to.
1: So you've created uh, a, a, a page on pages in Facebook for the new media show?
0: Yeah, new media show has a page. We've had a page for years.
1: No, no, no. But does it, is it a podcast page that has a list of all the episodes?
0: Every page that's in Facebook now has the ability to add a podcast to it. There's a podcast tab now. Right, right. On a page. Yeah,
1: so you can cut and paste the RSS feed right. into Facebook and it will yeah. create a separate page. Right. Right.
0: It, well what it'll be is it'll be something you'll see on mobile. So let me right. see if I can actually find it on my right. mobile phone. So let's see here.
1: And they're going to keep building this out. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't the end. This is the beginning for these folks, but as like we've seen with, with Google and other companies that have entered the space too, it's keeping them innovating, keeping them improving um, based on uptake, you know, and it's, it just takes consistent effort and consistent PR. I don't know that, I think Google gave up on it a little bit too soon, to some degree. Um, I don't know if they gave up; it was more like it, they just took the gas off. Right.
0: Well, that's interesting. For Geek News Central, the the podcast link is there. So. So did you actually add the RSS feed
1: to the yeah the page?
0: So I did. Okay. So I don't know why.
1: But it's not just a link. It's. Does
0: It It shows up in the bottom as a menu item, and I don't see it as a menu item, so I don't know why it's not there because if I go to the actual page page um, and manage a page, it's been added, so who knows?
1: Yeah, so it's still early on this, yeah.
0: And also, a lot of people got invites to shows that were not their shows on their Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. So they actually belong to someone else. We right. got a whole bunch of Blueberry just because we we're a host. And I think that somehow they got related to Blueberry for some reason. Well, there was three or four. And I basically, yeah. there's a way you can decline those, and we decline them as being the owners of them.
1: So Fireside Chat just released a bunch of upgrades um, and it looks like things are starting to ramp up over there. They did launch the Lipson podcast publishing integration uh, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so the Fireside chat is picking up new shows. They have support for video in there, live video, and you can push it out to, to live streaming platforms uh, just like what we're doing here. Um, So it's not just in the, the fireside chat app. Um, so you can, you can get it out on Twitch and you can get it out on, on, I I believe YouTube and those places as a live show. So, um, on the, on the video side. So, so, you know, they keep progressing, making, making updates and they're, they're attracting more content creators to the platform. So it's, it seems to be building out. I, you know, Who knows what kind of listenership traction the app has, but maybe if you look at the bigger picture of it, maybe the listenership traction isn't so much in the, in the fireside chat app, it's going to be external distribution is where the the audience is going to be. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Sorry.
1: So um, it looks like iHeartRadio is still showing up as the number one podcast network in the pod track top U.S. podcast publishers for September. I guess they added 29 million global downloads last month and also added 30 new shows.
0: Mostly radio stations.
1: Uh, well, I don't know that the radio stations actually do that great on the podcasting side, so I think it's gonna be probably more podcast originals is probably driving and, a lot of those. And yet,
0: and yet I have never I don't even have the iHeart app on my phone, so
1: Yeah. I mean those aren't necessarily exclusives. I think that they're they're distributed widely. Um but yeah, I mean and just keep in mind Podtrac is just tracking their customers they're not tracking the whole industry so um so it's it's never a complete snapshot it's it's mainly a bunch of bunch of bunch of radio networks um but it has some ex- podcast only only networks too so but it's it's a tracking that tracks kind of more larger media companies is what i would mm. say Mostly.
0: Well, Rob, uh, maybe uh, a little slow news day here, a little technical difficulties. Maybe we should uh, wrap it up early today.
1: Okay. We can do that and then uh, make a big, big build up for, for next week. Yeah. When we can really get into the weeds about what's going on with uh, Facebook. So.
0: Yeah, that should be good. And um, they'll bring their perspective and, That'd be a great show to talk with the Facebook team. Did, did Have we finalized and who's, did you said earlier, who's coming?
1: Well, at, at this point it's been proposed to bring on a product manager and a marketing manager for, okay. for, for Facebook podcasts. So, so we're going to get it direct from the horse's mouth, as I say.
0: <laughs> All right. If you guys have questions for Facebook, what you should do is you should send them to Rob and I in advance so we can ask them, uh, on the, on the, you know, on the show. And of course I'll be back in the studio next week. Hopefully I'm not on some emergency run back to Honolulu to have, uh, some stuff taken out. And so they're saying they'll, if, if it turns out that what I, you know, if this thing turns out to be cancerous, that they'll want me under the knife immediately. So we'll see what that really means. that mean two weeks, three weeks, three days? Who knows?
1: Can they know, so, know before you leave?
0: Uh, they're rushing the test results. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's just okay. like anything else. Everyone's a rush. Yep. When it comes to this kind of stuff. So you just have, you know, if, here's a crazy thing. It took me five months to get the appointment. So, you know, Hi, yeah, <laughs> so I've been playing that
1: game for a while myself. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. It it, it can be long time frames getting stuff yeah. like this taken care of. Yep. Okay.
0: All right, everyone, Todd. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Todd I'm t- at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. Sorry about the audio. Everyone, something failed here. I have no idea what, um, I'll well, be back in the, the studio
1: them. next week. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, on a wired connection, not on Wi-Fi. Yeah. So,
1: and um, I'm, I'm Rob Greenley, and I can certainly be found online at robgreenlee.com. I can be reached in email, robg at lipson.com. And certainly welcome to send an email um, to communicate anything um, to us about what you see happening in the podcasting medium and any tips or anything like that. And we'll keep the uh, sources com- confidential. Um, but we uh, we we'd love to be a, be a resource. I tried to get the show set to be down at PodFest coming up here in Tampa, but um, the the details of it d- haven't worked out or didn't work out. But it's we're going to keep trying to do this show live at uh, podcasting conferences as much as we can and and see if we can get that done. Um, it's it's a tough climate to do that kind of stuff nowadays, isn't it, Todd?
0: You can't drop a conference on with like four weeks notice and right. You know, expect.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And have a small, it's hard. So we'll wait for the podcast to have their big event. their real big event. Maybe it'll be next
1: year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. We'll see you uh, back here next week. Same time the new media show at three o'clock Eastern. And uh, we'll be back in the studio next week, but make sure you follow or subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We'll see everyone next time. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.